0: Hello everyone, I'm jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. So what would you do? Life going good, family blessed, healthy, and happy? And then comes the news, and it's anything but good. In fact, it's devastating. Life as you knew it will never be the same, and the faith you thought you had will be tested in every way. Here to share this remarkable story and more is founder and senior pastor of Promised Land Church, San Marcos, Texas, inspirational speaker and author of his latest just-released, How to be made whole, an answer to the whole question. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Pastor Robin Steele. Pastor Steele, Robin, if I may, welcome to Testimony.
1: I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Well, it's an honor to have you here, Pastor. First of all, I have the great joy of working with some of the best in the business, and that includes my good friend Sharon Farnell of the award-winning PR firm in New York, Finn Partners. So, quick shout-out to Sharon for connecting us here today. Secondly, your book covers a topic that seems rarely discussed in my view, and when it is, touches only on the surface of the stigma society has placed on those deemed, quote, not whole. Well not you, (laughs) which is perhaps why your Church of 30 has grown to over 2,000 with requests for speaking engagements around the globe in sharing what promised to be your, quote, darkest hour turned into your greatest God-given discovery. And in the end, Pastor Steele overcoming victory. So let's get right to it. First question. In 2001, you were leading a wonderful life as a youth pastor, happily married to your beautiful wife, Erica, but all that would change in an instant when you received devastating news from a doctor in September of that year. What was that news, and what happened next?
1: Oh, we were excited, excited to have our first baby. We were elated. We couldn't wait, and uh My wife actually wanted to have a home birth, uh, which is getting more popular in the U.S., but uh, still very nervous about it. And so I was like, hey, let's just go to the doctor. Let's just make sure everything's okay so that if we're going to have this baby at home, uh, we want to make sure that it goes well. So uh, we go to get the sonogram, and the the attendant keeps going in and out of the room, and finally the doctor comes in. The doctor looks— and finally the doctor very solemnly says uh i need you to come back to my office so we leave the exam room and we walk down the hall to the office and our world just came to a crashing halt when he said um, we kept taking so much time in the exam because we couldn't see your baby's brain on the scan and so most likely your baby is going to be born extremely disabled and um not have a very long life a very very bleak prognosis and um we were shocked i mean we were devastated i had lived up until this life a very sheltered life a very good life i had great parents i was raised in the church i was a a christian i was becoming a pastor very young but i was just stunned and i thought this can't happen i was thinking we need to start over let's go back and let's do it again you know it's I literally pinched yeah. myself because I thought I'm dreaming. He gave us an option to go ahead with the birth. In eight weeks, we would have a C-section delivery, or we could go for a late term abortion in another state. Uh, because in Texas, those are not legal, but in other states they are. So um, he gave us that option if we wanted to do that. And so my wife and I just sat there and thought about it for a couple seconds. And we said, no, we're going to go for life. And let's see what God can do. That set us on a course for the next few months of just going back to the doctor and praying a lot. And we would pray and pray and believe that God was going to show up, you know, and heal her in the womb. And we would go back to the doctor and his report would be, well, it's getting worse. There was a lot of fluid in the brain and the head, and her head was getting larger in the womb. So finally the birthday came we got into the operating room and we were so excited. We were thinking, you know, this is it. This is where God's really gonna show up. And when the baby's born, uh, we found out it was gonna be a girl, So we were really excited about that. And, um, mm-hmm. we thought when she comes out of the womb, you know, we're going to be elated and here it comes, the birth happens. And it was the most amazing, you know, birth, any birth is a, mir- is a miracle. It's amazing, uh, just to experience that. But, um, so we were excited. But then our hearts sank because we saw that her head was very large. It was much larger than a regular birth. And um, we just Mm -hmm. were stunned again, you know, because we're like, okay, here we are. This thing is, this is real. And uh, we're faced with this unanswered prayer, you know, this very difficult situation.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Pastor Robin Steele, author of his must-read How to Be Made Whole. Pastor, you talk about the devastation of this diagnosis. Of course, anyone reading your book would understand, but yet not really. Even the doctor said, and I quote, on your daughter's chart, quote, will not live a meaningful life, end quote. Talk about that.
1: Oh, well, I was devastated by that. Again, this was a couple of days after birth, and I was just sitting there at a crib, and I happened to look down and see that. And I, and I couldn't believe it. I thought, how could he say that, you know? And so I was stunned uh, at the moment. But over the years, uh, looking back, I'm actually thankful that he wrote that because it has forced me and my wife to really look to God and go on a journey to explore God and learn more about him than we ever thought we would learn um, about who, who defines meaning. You know, who is it that declares that, and what does it take to be meaningful? I've often thought about that doctor, and I thought, you know, like what would, what would it take for him to say that she's meaningful? Would she have to walk or talk or, you know, graduate or get married? You know, at what point would that, would she be meaningful? And he wasn't trying to be mean, you know, and the doctors were fantastic from a medical standpoint. He wasn't trying to be mean, but it, it just really revealed the human condition that we think we're going to be valuable or meaningful if we do certain things and we spend all our life chasing after things to try to achieve that meaning and it's just so elusive we can't grasp it
0: exactly and you beautifully expound upon that in your book how to be made whole pastor Steele. you learned to be an overcomer at an early age But the devastating news you received about Kennedy was not something you could, quote, fix, work hard enough for, or even, quote, pray enough for. How did this affect you personally, and where were you in your life before you got the diagnosis about your daughter?
1: Well, I had a a great life. I had a very strong work ethic from my, my parents, and so I began to face life challenges by Uh, working hard or making more money or my charisma, you know, I could make people laugh and um, make people like me and I would make connections and people would set me up with other people and, you know, I would face trouble and I would overcome it by my own means. And so I began to develop this spiritual arrogance where I would come up to people that would have problems and I wouldn't be rude to them, but I'd just be like, you know, hey, pray about it and Keep moving, and work harder, and get over it, basically. And um, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that, but <laughs> that's really where I was at because, I mean, I I just hadn't experienced something like this. And so when my daughter was born and this condition was just so impossible, I finally was at a place in life where I couldn't, the money couldn't fix it, a doctor couldn't fix it, no procedures. Uh, it was just completely impossible. And so it really drove my wife and I below the surface of our lives, and we had to really evaluate some of the broken things we had inside of us, thoughts about who God was, thoughts about who who we were, and um, it was this basically unanswered prayer, you know, a no from God that pushed us beyond uh, where we were and allowed us to see a completely different side.
0: Now in your book, to your point, you talk about grieving the loss of your child and future. Is that because you lost hope of the miraculous? Can you elaborate?
1: Yeah. So the doctor said that she wasn't going to live. She was going to actually die. And so for months, we thought, okay, well, this is it. You know, my wife would literally go in to get her out of the crib in the morning and think, well, you know, is she going to be alive when I go in there? And then if she got sick, we would think, okay, well, this is it. And here we are 18 years later, and she's still with us, still alive, still very much alive. And at the same time, she's very disabled. And so the death, you know, that you're talking about there is the death of our dreams, the death of the hope that we had. You know, mm-hmm. it's really the death of our plan. We think it's going to happen a certain way. And um, I remember one time going into my wife's room there when she was still in the hospital recovering from the C-section. I said, you know, Erica, I, I just pray that God would heal her. I was still thinking that God was going to physically heal her. And so I said, you know, I just pray that God's going to heal her. Or if he doesn't, I just pray that he'll take her home, you know, that she'll pass away and that she'll be with God in heaven and be dancing on streets of gold and all that kind of stuff. That was, in my mind, the way God was going to work, is that he was going to either heal her or he was going to take her home. And here we are 18 years later, and he didn't answer either one of those prayers with a yes. Instead, there's this other thing that happens where she lived, and she lived disabled. And back then, I had no idea that our life could be so blessed with plan C. I just thought God would show up in plan A or plan B, but God had this other option, and it's just incredible that He has allowed it to happen in this way, and our life is definitely not normal. We are so blessed and He's been with us through every step of the way.
0: Amen and amen, ladies and gentlemen. Again, you're listening to Pastor Robin Steele, his latest must-read, How to Be Made Whole. Pastor, in my brief introduction of you, I alluded to the, quote, surface of which most people go when discussing topics of discomfort, like disabilities. And for that reason, Mm -hmm. this next question, on the cover of your book, there is an iceberg. Can you explain?
1: Yeah, icebergs are a perfect picture of us. So they they break off of the... North Pole or South Pole, and they float, you know, in the ocean, and as they float along, only 10% of the iceberg is above the surface of the water, and 90% of the mass of that iceberg is below the surface, and I really believe that that's the picture of us. We do have a part of us that everyone sees that's above the surface, but below the surface is the majority of who we are. It's our heart is our spirit, it's our past, our hurt, our pain. It's our identity, it's who we believe that we are, it's who we believe God is. And um, so many people spend the majority of their life just trying to fix or patch up the part that everybody sees. Uh, we neglect the part that's below the surface. And sometimes we, we we push it away or we try to forget it, thinking that that's going to solve our problems and make us whole. But really, God has a better plan. God has a better way. He doesn't want us to try to just ignore those things. God wants to bring healing thoroughly to us from the inside out to the top of the bottom. And he starts way down deep with our idea of who he is and who we are. And then he's going to bring that healing up through every part of our life until it does pop out on the surface and people can go, hey, what's going on with you? You know, and It may not look the way we thought it was going to look, but it's going to be a beautiful thing. And my daughter is the perfect picture of that wholeness. You know, if you looked at her on the outside in her wheelchair, her arms are stiff. She has a lot of what's called muscle tone, so she's not able to use her arms and legs. Looking at her on the surface, you would think, well, she's miserable. You know, that, that would be a terrible life. But after you spend time with her and uh, she's laughing and smiling, she's definitely communicating a meaningful life and a happy life and a wholesome life. I almost become jealous, you know, because I think <laughs> here she is. She's yeah. never striving to earn my approval, she's never requiring that people do anything for her, for her uh, to feel good about herself. She never performs to try to impress people. Uh, she's also guarded from people's expectations of her, and, and she doesn't know that anyone may judge her. So there's many parts of her that are so full of life and so healthy. We all need to be. We all need to be more like her, really.
0: Exactly. I want to ask you a quick question now. Your family. You have two sons, and your wife yeah. is a midwife. You're a busy pastor, uh, more on your plate than probably most. How, as a pastor, did you lead your own family in this journey? I'm sure you had ups and downs.
1: Yeah, you know, early on, my wife and I made a decision that this disability was not going to define us as a family. We made a decision that we were going to be pushing forward and we were going to uh, be a, a, quote, as normal as we could be, <laughs> um, we're not really normal, but we're great. <laughs> uh, but we weren't going to let this disability define us, and so we've we've pushed to you know go out to eat and go on vacation. Kennedy's our daughter, and uh, she's a part of our life as much as possible. Um, and the older she gets, the tougher it is because she's just bigger and harder to move around things. But we still have this this idea. In our in our mind and our heart that God's going to give us the grace to make it and that he's going to give us the strength to do so. And you mentioned my, my sons I have a two sons that were born after Kennedy and uh, they're 16 and 14 years old and they're just regular teenage boys and um, we joke around some that, that they're actually more difficult to raise than <laughs> our daughter is suggest <laughs> teenagers right. are so up. But um, we do have a beautiful family. My wife is an incredible mother, an incredible leader, incredible wife. Uh, So we're just so blessed.
0: Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Robin Steele, his latest must read, How to Be Made Whole, an answer to the whole question. Pastor, how has COVID-19, this world we're living in today, affected you and your care for Kennedy, who requires 24-7 care, as I understand it.
1: Yeah, you know, when, when coronavirus hit, I feel like my wife and I had already been officially pandemic certified. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, you know, we, for 19 years, or 18 years now, we have gone through every single flu season with this idea of, is our daughter going to die this year from the flu? Wow. Because the flu has been a, a huge risk for her, and um, for me, the first four or five years was like, "Oh, well, this is it. You know, this is going to be the year." She would get the flu. She would get pneumonia. She would go in the hospital. She would be in the hospital for ten days in ICU. Eventually, we realize, you know what? She's not dying, and she's not going to die until God says it's time for her to die. And so, it just completely put us on a different point of view. Um. That doesn't mean we weren't wise. You know, we wash our hands. We always are very safe. If we know of a situation, we avoid it. But at the same time, we don't live in a cave either. We are definitely interacting and doing things. So God's got this. You don't have to worry about it. Um, It may be our time to go. And if it is, let God's plan work. But if it's not, let's, let's just keep living our life.
0: Amen and amen. Now, what do the doctors say? Kennedy was originally given six months to two years, if I remember correctly, to live, and now it's almost 18, 19 years later. What do they say? Is Kennedy a miracle?
1: Absolutely, there's uh, probably just a handful of people in the world that are alive at her age with her condition, a very, very profound miracle. Uh, in fact her condition is actually one of the leading causes of miscarriage. So it's actually a prominent condition but most people don't know about it because it's never diagnosed the, the miscarriages are not diagnosed so wow.
0: um,
1: so yeah it's it's, a, it's been a, a big testimony that we've been connected to people all over the United States and all over the world and just been able to encourage people and help them out in this the diagnosis.
0: So, Pastor, then what do you say to a person who has been praying and believing for a miracle and healing in their own lives and it doesn't come?
1: That's a, that's a great question. You know, I still believe in the divine healing power of God. And so as a pastor, I, I continually pray for people to be healed uh, because I believe he still can do that. But um, at the same time, everybody's on their own journey. You know, and at some point, if you feel like it's not happening and you feel like uh, you're just frustrated, you know, what happened to me was I realized that I was praying for her to change so much, but I wasn't truly loving her for who she was. And so I finally changed my prayers from saying, Lord, please change her, please fix her, to saying, Lord, please change me. You know, there's something in me that I need. I need to learn from this. So um, when that happened, when that shift happened, all of a sudden I saw my daughter. Okay, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) I saw my daughter in such a different light because um, I saw her for who she was. She was a daughter of God that he loved dearly, that he accepted for who she was. And I realized that I wasn't accepting her for who she was. And um, I was just wanting her basically to change so that my life would be easier um, or that she would fit in. But then when I realized, hey, you know, she's not miserable at all. She has a great life. So then I realized, okay, God, I'm, I'm going at this the wrong direction. So help me, you know, reshape my thinking. How could I see this differently? And when that when that revelation happened, um, everything really did begin to shift. And there was just a wholeness in my life and a peace in my life.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to founder and senior pastor of Promised Land Church, San Marcos, Texas, inspirational speaker and author Robin Steele, who's just released How to be Made Whole, an answer to the whole question, is a must read. You can learn more about Robin Steele's work, ministry, and mission by visiting MadeMeaningful.com. That's MadeMeaningful.com. And get his book. Get encouraged and be given hope that no matter your station, situation, or calling, or not at all, you are his by God's design. And that makes you perfect and entire and, yes, quote, whole. And beautifully so. Pastor Steele Rubin, thank you for taking the time to share your powerful, inspiring, and hopeful story that only God could have designed for you, your family, and your precious daughter, Kennedy. The scriptures tell us, quote, we are fearfully, awesomely, and wonderfully made. Psalm one forty nine, thirteen. Your daughter Kennedy is proof, a jewel of a life that you and your wife have treasured, believed for, fought for, and continue to persevere for, and in the end, make the case for how to be made whole. A wonderful lesson for us all. We thank you, and God bless you. Thank
1: you so much. It's been an honor.
0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, a song from Randy Phillips, who wrote the foreword to How to Be Made Whole blessing in the thorn.
2: what I'm not or is pain the way God teaches me to grow? I need to know. When does a thorn become a blessing? When does the pain become a friend? When does the weakness make I feel his arms Heard it said the strength of Christ Is perfect in my weakness And the more that I go through The more I prove the promise true he Is lovable to any length It reaches even now to wherever I am But tell me once again When does the fool does the pain become a friend? When does the weakness make me stronger? When does my faith make me whole again? I want to feel His arms around me in the middle of my race. Blessing in the thorn. Lord, I have to ask you on the cross you suffered through. Is there a time where ever doubt what you already knew? Mm-hmm. And does the thorn become a blessing? Does the pain become a friend? When does my weakness make me stronger? When does my faith make me home again? I want to feel his arms around me in the midst. só